0: What is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show. I'm your host Mitch Davis. It is Tuesday, June 23rd, less than about 80 days until the start of the 2020 college football season. And in honor of that, we've got a very special edition of the podcast today. I am joined by the Texas State Bobcats head coach, Jake Spavadol, on a very awesome interview that i think a lot of you guys will enjoy you can follow me on twitter mitch davis underscore eight like the face of page the, the mitch davis show also on instagram and tiktok at the mitch davis show be sure you go check those pages out for all your exclusive sports content needs and wants and desires all there on the social media pages All the podcasts are brought to you by S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. For all of your apparel needs, all of your fishing and your bait and your tackle and your canoes and everything else you could possibly think of, head on over to S.Y. Wilson in Arlington, Tennessee on the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. And they will hook you up. And if you tell them that Mitch Davis sent you, they'll even hook you up even better than before. So be sure you stop by S.Y. Wilson for all of your outdoors and all of your apparel and everything you could possibly think of there at S.Y. Wilson on the historic Arlington, Tennessee Depot Square. I'm your host, Mitch Davis. Without further ado, I would like to welcome the head coach of the Texas State Bobcats Mr. Jake Spavadol, to the podcast, and I hope you guys really enjoy this interview. I am joined now by the Texas State Bobcat head coach, Jake Spavadol. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. What, uh, what's going on at Texas State right now? I know with the coronavirus, uh, some players are probably returning back to campus. What phase are you guys in uh, right now?
1: Uh, right now, we're we're wrapping up um, the our second phase of the resocialization plan. You know, uh, you know, obviously there's interesting times, and I was I was really like just talking with our administration and our staff, and uh, we were very cautious on how we were going to approach this. So we brought in about sixty players uh, for the first phase, and um, really we kept them all the way through the phase two. Um, so we've been ahead around half of our football team here going through all the new protocols, the new norms, uh, and making sure that we're doing it right because again, the, 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 the protocols are just you know, just completely different than what we're used to, from temperature checks to symptom checks. Uh, disinfecting and and wearing your mask and social distancing and uh, I I think we've done a pretty good job as a staff and as an administration on just kind of monitoring this at the beginning and then kind of getting through it and uh, I think we're ready for this next phase of uh, an extra 30 group uh, an extra 30 players that we're going to bring in to get this thing up to around 90 and kind of go through that whole re-socialization plan as well but you know I think we're handling it well um Again, you know, it, 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 we're not perfect with it, but you know, we learn from it. We make, uh, we have discussions about it, and we try to be as proactive as possible.
0: With some of the guys that haven't been on campus or you know relate to coming on campus, what were you guys doing with them? Were you guys sending them workout bands, uh, the playbook? What are some things you kind of kept them in the loop with? You
1: know, our strength and conditioning coach, Damon Harrington, he's done a, he's done a great job on on the communication side of it all. Because you know, when this first broke out, you know, the pandemic started, you know, we were so all over the place on what to expect. And that we were really just focused on the well-being of our student-athletes and and seeing what resources they had available. And and uh, we kind of built off of that. We built a Facebook page that's just for our student-athletes only where they can get on there and we can post workouts and they can have discussions and, and uh, have conversations. Um, so really what we did with every single player was we figured out what they had. Some guys had a garage um, and a lot of weights in their garages, some people just had you know uh, a field to go work in and and what we did was we just kind of um, whittled it down on what they had and then we kind of customized the workouts accordingly accordingly to what they currently have at their their house. So that's kind of what we've done. Um, we're in kind of, we're in communication with them every single day, uh, making sure that they're at least staying active because you know they're about to arrive here on campus and we don't want them to be completely out of shape right
0: now. Heading into the season, you guys are a bit of the underdog uh, heading into a pretty loaded Sunbelt Conference this season. How are you guys responding to that underdog role?
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's something about the program we're trying to build here. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, we're probably going to have around 46 to 48 new players on our roster from last year, and that's just really half your team, and, and that's where... A lot of these kids, you know, they haven't been a part of Texas State, and you know, they they've been a part of winning programs. I tried to bring in as many people that have won at the previous stops that they were at, so they can try to, you know, bring that culture and and that confidence with them here. Um, but I, I think our kids are are excited to get out there and play again. I think they're they're wanting to prove themselves. I I, I look at this team as a bunch of blue collars, and they fight up. Bunch of blue collar kids that fight for everything, and and uh, I, I think these kids have embraced this underdog uh, challenge, and uh, they're they're hoping to flip the
0: narrative. You know, before we get into the actual team itself, I have to ask you: What is the recruiting pitch that you when you go to these players? You know, living rooms or now on Zoom call. What is the recruiting pitch to come to Texas State?
1: You know, like you sell like I, I think the the area sells itself fish that I've been talking with these guys is that I, I need you guys to come in and help us flip the narrative of this university right now you know like we've played at football here for 100 years and they've had success on on teams but they haven't had much success lately and that's kind of the whole deal of them of I'm wanting them to come in and flip the culture and, and start winning games and, and do things this school has never done before they've never been to a bowl game before in school history uh and I think it would be an opportunity for them to come in and actually make a name for themselves and be a part of something that's the first thing, uh, of a part of a school that's been playing football for over 100 years so uh, there's a ton of great things to sell about this university
0: Starting with the offense coach, you got a quarterback battle in your hands between a guy that's very familiar in the Memphis area, Brady McBride, and also Tyler Vitt. What is that looking like uh, now with the quarterback battle kind of taking place?
1: Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a pretty fun battle to watch, you know, because every play is is worth something. and uh, I'm an, I'm enjoying watching these two compete. Uh, they have a great relationship with each other. There's no. Uh, you know hatred towards each other, and, you know they are very encouraging and positive, um, which I'm enjoying because they're they're handling handling it like professionals. But again, like with how all this COVID stuff is, um, you know I think they've all got to be ready to play. <laughs> you know it, you know it's going to be a fun battle to watch them go through uh, fall camp and compete a little bit more. Because I only got to have uh, five practices with Brady in the spring because we uh, we got canceled uh, after our fifth practice, but I at least have an idea about where they're at and what they do and what they're capable of doing. And uh, they just start putting the work in, and, and uh, I think they're eager to go out there and compete. But at the same time, I, I just feel like I've been telling them that you guys both got to be ready to play because, you know, who knows how this uh, quarantine and, uh, you know, all these COVID testing and the contact tracing, how it's going to all play out.
0: Talk about the rest of the offense. I know you guys uh, got two... Big time seniors uh, that make a big difference. Talk about those two guys and what you expect out of the, this offense.
1: Yeah, the offense. It's uh, again, it's a, it's a new look. You know, I'm back in the room. I'm calling. I'm calling the plays this year, and uh, I got the opportunity to bring in Jacob Peeler from Ole Miss, who um, you know is a really good friend of mine. We worked together at Cal Berkeley. I consider him one of the best recruiter, you know, receiver coaches in the country, and he's added a lot what we're trying to accomplish here and I just love sitting in that room with him because he's bringing a ton of great ideas and we're starting to piece this together and build this around the players that we believe are going to put us in a successful position and I think that we've gotten two running backs move in one from Oklahoma State and one from Butler Community College coming from Arizona State and we've got a tight end named Blake Aragon who I think is a very special player as well um, but you, know, you, you look at the O-line it's a completely different O-line as well you know, I, I think the only returning starter will probably have two returning starters from last year. Uh, you know, we have Reese Jordan our center and Tate Heitmeyer our right guard, but then the rest is going to be a revolving door of new bodies that we brought in. Um, still trying to piece together the receiver position. You know, I think you got Marcel Barbie a transfer from Iowa Western, and you have uh, Jamari A. Sharid, a uh, little slot receiver from from Houston, and. And Jeremiah Haydell, who's got some speed as well um, as an outside receiver. So, you know, there's still some unknowns, but I, I do like the direction of where these tight ends and these running backs are going. And uh, we just got to put together, uh, you know, some pretty good practices and build some continuity. And, I, you know, I think that we have a shot to be pretty good on offense.
0: Looking at this defense, you only return four. Uh, talk about those four returning guys and how big of a difference are they going to make in this 2020 season?
1: Uh, for the returning guys, you know, are you talking about just like the the Reese Jordan and
0: the Tate Heidmeyer? You know, yeah, like so the the, are, the starters, yes, sir. The starters, yeah. It, that's the whole thing is, you know, we, I thought we weren't very good on offense last year. And I kind of made a, a,
1: a big deal um, just talking with our players of just being as realistic as possible, understanding that, you know, everybody's job is open right now. You know, and there's a a competition across the board at every single position. But, you know, it's good to just have some guys that have been here and that competed last year. Um, And, you know, you have Reese Jordan, you have Tate and Jeremiah Haydell. Um, But again, Mike, those, you know, Reese Jordan's the only one that played every single game last year. You know, Tate was in and out of injuries and so was Jeremiah Haydell. Uh, you know, you look on the defensive side, we had a lot of those guys in and out as well. So, you know, really, we've, like, uh, from an offensive standpoint, we haven't deserved uh, You know, no one's really deserved to actually have an opportunity to be called a starter right now. So, and they all understand it, and we're realistic with them, and we talk our way through it, and, you know, and understand that nothing's tainted to you, and everything is going to be based off of production. So I think uh, I think the coaches and the players are excited just to kind of get these practices going so we can start solidifying this depth
0: chart a little bit more. Have you seen anything out of your special teams unit? I know that, you know, they're all basically underclassmen. What have you seen out of your special teams unit so far?
1: I I think, um, you know, just from last year, our special teams coordinator, Nick Whitworth, has done a great job in terms of just um, implementing all the schemes. You know, it's, it's always comforting from a head coaching standpoint that you have a guy that can coach all six phases of special teams. And um, I think he's done a great job with the kickers and the snappers um, and on just the timing and the operation and finding the strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, we're a rugby-style punt team because that's going to be, you know, adding to the strength of our, our putter. Um, but the, the thing I've, I think has been the most difficult is finding all the other body types, um, you know, just to be able to, to do our four core special teams, you know, and, and not be able to take our best players and just completely wear them down because you know we need them to be productive on offense and defensive units. So um, it's it's been a there's a lot of moving parts with that, um, a lot of repetitions. But I got to give Nick Whitworth a lot of credits for just being very organized and repping and understanding it, and um, knowing that you know we had to move around a lot of different guys based off the injuries and just. Where these guys to step up. I, I was very pleased with how the special teams were were handled last year. We made a lot of a lot of jumps from the previous, um, you know, the the previous year from a statistical average, and you know, it, uh, I think that just shows that we're just trending in the right direction there.
0: Okay, so I've got two more questions for you, and then we're going to wrap it up. Looking at your 2020 schedule, you open up with SMU, a team you lost to last season. How big does that revenge factor, and also upsetting one of the you know, premier universities in the state of Texas. How big does that factor into your guys?
1: Yeah, it's that's an interesting game for me, because um, I work for Sonny Dykes out of Cal Berkeley, and so did Jacob Peeler and Brian Hamilton. We have a lot of guys. Uh, even our old line coach, Clay McGuire, uh, have worked with Sonny at, at Texas Tech. So there, there's a lot of familiarities with each other. But, um you know, I, I got a lot of respect for what they do. I think they're a very talented team. I think Sonny's done an unbelievable job on, on you know, flipping the program, kind of like what we're trying to do. You know, he brought in a lot of transfers and they had success and he's pieced it together and done a good job. And we know that's going to be a tough game. I think we're going to be fired up to do this at home here at Bobcat Stadium. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the kids, the way – all the adversity that has hit in this offseason I think these kids are just so excited to get out there and play a game so you know I, I think that they're so anxious they'll play anybody anywhere at any time because it's just been so long since we've been able to play some football but we know we got a tough challenge with them you know they they won uh, how were they they won 12 games last year I feel like yeah, mm-hmm. they, they won a lot of games last year and, uh, and it's well deserving and I think uh, it's going to be a a great environment for us to kick off
0: college football next year. Last question I have for you. After a big win, Coach, what is your tradition? What do you like to do? Favorite meal, maybe. What do you like to do after a big win?
1: You know, uh, it's it's see my kids. You know, that's like, that's probably my favorite thing is uh, when the game ends, you get the, you know, the the families come down out there on the field and I actually get to see uh, my, my, my one and three-year-old right now, um, so it, it, that's, that's kind of the thing that I look forward to the most is just being able to hang out with friends and family after the game and, and uh, just kind of relax a little bit because as football coaches, you know, you have to have a, a short turnaround and you enjoy it for that evening and
0: then you, you get back work the next day. Coach, I, I greatly appreciate you coming on. Good luck this season. Hopefully we can talk to you right before the season kicks off. Well, awesome, Mitch. I appreciate you having me on today. Thank you so much, Coach. This has been the Mitch Davis Show. Very special thank you to Coach Bavidol for coming on the podcast today. To talk about his Texas State Bobcats football team as they prepare for the 2020 college football season. You can follow me on Twitter, MitchDavis_8. underscore 8. Like the Facebook page at The Mitch Davis Show. Also on Instagram and TikTok at The Mitch Davis Show as well. Thank you to our sponsors for Supporting the show and always supporting the podcast at S.Y. Wilson in Arlington, Tennessee on the historic Depot Square there in Arlington, Tennessee. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. A special thank you to Coach Spavitol for coming on the podcast today. And until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.